after the big growl and they keep praying, praying, praying for me, I, I sat back on the bed and I sat up and next thing you know, my mouth opened wide, like as wide as it could. And next thing you know, I felt something like come out of my mouth. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. On behalf of Disciple of City, I'm Todd Carlton, and this is the Toddcast. This is the show where we hear the stories of people who discover the truth of Jesus outside of religion. The stories of people who reached out to share the gospel. Follow us along on Instagram at the Toddcast underscore DAC and look us up on Facebook and Instagram at Disciple of City. My guest today was born and raised in Peterborough, Ontario. He's now living in Steeltown, the Hammer, Hamilton, Ontario, and he's now a licensed mold remediator and inspector. So he's taken the darkness out of houses, and he's helping to take the darkness out of people's hearts, too. Let's welcome Joe Hobbins. Thank you, Todd. Hey, bro. How you doing? Good, man. How are you? Good. Nice to, nice to see you. Good again. to see you, too, man. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Yeah, no problem. And welcome. You uh, had a little bit of difficulty finding our secret studios hidden deep yeah. in Peterborough yeah. County here? Yeah, Google Maps is a little off. It is a little yeah. off. Wow, that's, we got to try to keep it secret, eh? Yep. So, man, how you like living in Hamilton? Uh, Hamilton, and yeah, it's a good experience. Um, um, it's different from Peterborough, but... It's like a, it's like a new start for me. Fresh yeah. start, you know, That's Fresh awesome. start. no one knows me. So I only know a couple of people up there. My girlfriend lives up there who I live with. And, uh, yeah, I work for a company up there called uh, absolute mold remediation. And, uh, yeah, Hamilton's just, is treat me good. Just uh, living a quiet life up there, just working, working out, and that's it. Then come down on weekends back to Peterborough to see my daughter, my seven-year-old, which my sister has custody of. Yeah, awesome, uh, awesome. Yep. So, bro, let's uh, let's get into it and, and just hear how, uh, tell us how, how you grew up here in Peterborough, like as far as faith-wise goes and um, your background yeah. in there. So, my family, they're Catholic. I grew up Catholic. Um, born and raised in Peterborough. I uh, went to Catholic school, went to Catholic high school. Uh, did a little bit of the church on Sundays with the grandparents and stuff uh, when I was younger. And, uh, yeah, just... Uh, um, was it more of a cultural thing for you guys or were you sort of like right into it type uh, thing? Well, or? Yeah. My, my grandparents were like right into it. Like, yeah, they're every Sunday they'd be there and, um, just, uh, yeah. So you had a, you had a background. Yeah. I had it. a background Catholic. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and the stories of Jesus and all this kind yeah. of stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. So I can relate to that. Similar, similar for me. Yeah. So what, uh, what happened? Like in high school or whenever was was there obviously um, it was a point where you sort of walked away from it yeah, or so uh, after high school and stuff uh, I just uh, yeah just kind of went away from you know going to church and things like that and just uh, just started going down to just a just a dark road and hanging out with the wrong people and just getting myself into into you know living in the the drug subculture and things like that so. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, uh, definitely, definitely a change that wasn't for the good, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I was just going through a dark, dark time and, you know, in and out of jail. So when I got in my twenties, uh, my, to my twenties to my thirties, I was pretty much in jail my whole twenties, um, you know, out a year or half a year here and there, but yeah, I did like in total, probably like eight and a half years of prison and jail time. And, uh, 
yeah, I was just going down a dark road, just, you know, selling drugs and then, and then just in toxic relationships, just, you know, just, I was addicted to drugs too. Um, and, uh, yeah, just going down that, just that bad road. And it's like, I didn't even see it coming. Like, it's like, I was like caught in a vicious cycle, just a vicious cycle, just over and over. It's like, it was like get out of jail, start doing good for a bit and then go back to selling drugs, abusing drugs toxic relationships and it was just like the same thing over and over again it's like i couldn't get out of it well sorry man just to jump back a little bit yeah. we because we were talking up in the green room about you as a kid having yeah. this is kind of jumping way back but yeah having night terrors as a yeah. kid like can yeah. you just talk about that how old well, you were i started when i was 10 years old um 10 years old and uh, my mom and dad were separated so my mom was a single mom and uh with my two sisters and me and as a 10 years, 10 years old, I was right into scary movies all the time. I had like the whole Freddy Krueger collection and Jason and all that. And, and as a 10 years old, I just, at one night, I just started having these night terrors, uh, where I would just wake up in the middle of the night and, and just start running around the house, like, like, like gagging and puking and, and like saying like, get it out of me and like things like that. My family didn't know what to do. They were in shock. And, and so they just like brush it off to go back to bed. Finally, I would snap out of it. Like, you know, 20 minutes later, half an hour later and go back to bed. But it, it, it would happen every night, like clockwork. Like it was just like every night, the same night terrors were happening. Me waking up out of a deep sleep, running around the house, like holding my stomach and just like, yeah, it was, it was some scary stuff. So how, how did that eventually stop? It just eventually stopped because uh, after like a couple of years of this happening, it, it almost seemed like every night. Um, it just, as I got older and my mom took me to the hospital one, like a couple of times, but I remember going to the hospital for the last time and, and, and the doctor just like gave me some medication must have helped me sleep or something or calm down. And after that, it seemed like it, it just didn't happen again. Like it just went away. Like it just, yeah, it was hidden. Like it just, went away after a couple of years of this of like every night. Okay. And so then dude, you like uh, when you were talking about high school and being in your twenties in and out yeah. of jail, how, how did that sort of start? Like, did it just uh, like just normal partying and it sort was, of progressed yeah, into that? I kind of went into that. Like I was just like, started off like, um, so I like I started off like at first I was like working, you know, I was a worker always at first and, and, um, I was working for a company, you know, and then, I started like just partying on weekends. I started with partying, doing, using drugs on weekends. And that's, it just, you know, kept going into weekends to the weekdays. And next thing you know, I lost my job. After that, I was like, it seemed like the world was over. I lost my job. It seemed like my family were mad and things like that. And I just went into a depression or something. I just started using more drugs. And then I was like, well, now I need to, um, I need a way to, to provide for these drugs and for my living and costs. So I started selling drugs and it was ma- um, mostly mainly cocaine. Yeah. And so, and okay. So what, what was sort of, obviously you said things just started getting darker. Just this revolving yeah. cycle in and out of jail yeah. and coming out. And so when did things get really sort of South for you? Like what was, what was your rock bottom or can you lead us up um, to? Well, it's, it seems like it's almost like this, the vicious cycle I was in for since my twenties until, or, or, um, till my thirties, mid thirties. So it was, it was about 15 years of, of rock bottom almost like, you know, it was like a cycle, 
you know, I was doing good first. Then all of a sudden, like, like healthy and stuff, get out of jail. Then boom, just start selling and you know, using drugs again. And it's like I went down to rock bottom again. Then I end up getting raided or or going back to jail again on new charges. And it was just, it was like a vicious cycle. It's like, oh, Hobbins is back in jail again. Oh, Hobbins is back in jail again. And so would you come out wanting to get so, out of it? But no, like when, when I would come out, it's like, I would have like more knowledge of, 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 cause you meet like different people down there and things like that, new connections, things like that. So when you're talking down there and they're like, oh, you, oh, you're used to sell drugs in Peterborough. Oh, like they, they asked for your prices, things like that. Next thing you know, you can meet a connection that you can get it cheaper. So that's always in the back of your mind, right? Um, meeting new connections down in the penitentiaries and thinking, oh, get out and get rich and things like that. And, and so like when I got out, it's like, I didn't want to get out just to do it. Like I would, I would try to be strong and not do it, but it was like be always in the back of my mind where I knew that if one, one call away, I could have whatever I want and and just have the money i wanted and you know and it was just like easy as that for me it seemed like just a, like an allure of easy yeah, money it's just like yeah so any 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 tough times or you know and i had i had like you know small thinking getting out thinking like oh no one's gonna hire me now what am i gonna do work minimum wage somewhere and and you know after making the money i did it's like going back to working minimum wage it's like you don't really want to do that right so yeah, it was just a very, it was just, it was just a heart. It was a tough time in, in my head a lot too, just cause I thought, okay, like I can't, like I messed up my life. I, I, I can't get a good job now. This is what, this is what I'm going to be the rest of my life. Like I got to just have to make it work type of thing. But it's like always in the back of my mind. I, I always just want it out. I always just wanted that fresh start that just to just to get back working and just being you know being a successful man and you know I have a daughter a 7 year old I just wanted to be a good father figure and good role model for her and not miss any time with her like like I did I missed you know like 5 years of when I was in prison you know when she was born I got raided like a year after and you know missed like four and a half years with her almost 5 years so when I got out, it was like, I didn't want to miss any more time with my daughter. And, and, but I was always thinking what, but I was stuck. What am I going to do? I, I can't get, get a good job. Cause I had small thinking. I was thinking like, I was like, I was a felon. <laughs> so it was like, yeah, it was just, it was just like a little war inside my own, in my own mind. There's gotta be some truth to that though. You yeah. don't just come out of jail and get a good job, yeah, right? You're exactly. You got it's a record. And it's everywhere I tried to ever get a job. They would always say, Oh, criminal record check and things like that. So I was like, I'm doomed, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But yeah, I lucked out and yeah. Okay. So take us, take us to the point where, or when you had shared the story with me before where you're driving and you got to that intersection. So not, so or, or unless there's something before uh, that, uh, the intersection. Um, so no, that was, uh, yeah, right before I, I um, found Jesus on February 21st, 2021. So it was a week before that. And yeah, just, you know, living, I was all messed up on drugs, like more, like the worst I've ever been on the drugs. Just, you know, just my family were even starting to get like, you know, like just so sad, like sick of it. And, you know, just thought, okay, like there's no hope, like, you know, and, and, and thought that that would be my life forever. And, 
and I just wanted to change. I just would look around in these drug houses and just like look around at everyone and say like, what am I doing here? Like, I don't like, you know, this, this ain't me. Like I got a good, you know, a good family. I got a, a good loving daughter at home. Like, what am I doing? Like, you know, like I got so much potential just, just to stop what I'm doing and, and get off these drugs and, and, you know, just start working. Even if it is minimum wage, whatever, you know, I just had to like get past that. And, and so, yeah, I, I just remember I was, I was like, um, I was like, I was like really sick, like coming off the drugs. Cause I was trying to like this to like slow down and I ended up uh, going to the hospital the one night cause I was just like, I need to help. And they didn't do much for me. And so they sent me on my way and I remember I was, I was coming out of a cab and, and they dropped me off on the, on the corner of, of the road. And I just remember I was like, it's like a crossroads in my life. And I was just like thinking I'm at this corner right now. And I was like, my family, like my sister lived right around the corner, like where, where my daughter lives, like literally I can almost see the house and the drug house that I was hanging out using drugs and selling drugs was like literally to the left of me, I could see the house. I was right on the corner of like two streets my sister's on one and the drug house on the other. And it was, I had to make that decision right there. I was like, what am I going to do? I knew I wanted out. I knew I wanted to change. And I just thought it'd be tough. I just thought, you know, cause I was messed up on drugs and stuff that it was going to be really hard. And so that night I just, I made the decision. It was, it was go back to the drug house and keep doing what I'm doing and probably never get out of it or go to my families that, that they're willing to help me. They're willing to take me in, do whatever's necessary to get me off of these drugs and get me back on the straight and narrow. And that night I, I made the decision of going right to my sisters and I walked in that house and I, I went in there and, you know, in tears and stuff with my family. And I was just like, listen, I want to change. Like, this is it. Like you guys have to like, you know, like, um, give me a chance and just like, I'll prove it to you guys. And they did, they took me in and they said, okay, like, we want you to change. Like, we know that this ain't going to end good for you. If you keep going on the way you are, like, you're going to end up either doing like double digits in jail. Like the courts told me next time you're getting caught, you're doing double digits. And it was either that or it would have led to death because mm. the amount of drugs I was doing. And it just like, you know, I just, like I said, it was always a one call away. I could have whatever I want. So it was always around when I wanted it. So it was just like, yeah, I made that decision. And I just, I just said, I'm okay. I'm doing it. I'm going cold Turkey right now. And I stuck by there and that's what I did. And it was, you know, tried to do it on your own. I do it on my own. So how did that work? So it was like, I didn't think I was going to make it like, like I honestly didn't think I was going to make it as like, not making and relapsing, but like just making it. Like I thought I was going to die, do what I was doing, but I just took the chance anyways. And, and that's when it like, yeah, just, you know, one day, two days, three, like all the way up until the day six. But on day six is when I brought Jesus in my life. It was, there was, I had no options left for, it was God. I needed God. But I remember day two, day two, I was at my sister's house and I'm really sick and, and I'm like hallucinating kind of, and just like laying in bed, like just really sick. And I'd always felt like just a bad, negative, demonic presence around me at all times. Like it was bad. And I just remember like just laying there and I remember like passing out there on day two. It seemed like maybe five minutes. Like that, that's what it seemed like. And I just remember like, it's like I got, I, it's like my soul got sucked right down to hell. And like I was saying, um, it's like I, I was at the front gates of hell 
And as I'm walking through hell, I'm looking around and I, and I see like, it's like rocks and like almost like tears to it. And I'm looking up and I'm walking in the, like the front of it. And there's like people all, all around watching, looking down on me. And, and just as I'm walking through the bottom of, of hell and there's like, there's like people all looking down on me. There's one guy that just was, his job was just playing this drum and all you heard was like, boom, 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 boom. The whole time when I, when I was having this experience and this guy within a, in a mask, he, it's like he had a, one of those, like a Ray Mysterio mask, like those masks that are like a black mask around your head. And he was like, this is this big guy with tattoos. And he was just playing these, this drum. Like that was like his job seemed like, and all these people are like looking down on me and I'm walking through. And as I'm walking through hell, I just see like a group of people and it's like, it's like really hot in there and people are like all in torment and like just like it was so crazy it's like people were like smoking skulls and like and like just like in this torment of screaming and things like that next thing you know i just woke up out of it and it's like when i woke up it seemed like five minutes later i could hear still hear like that that boom boom in my head it was just like so vivid and i was like wow like that was crazy and i just wasn't thinking anything of it i thought oh wow like i'm hallucinating or whatever you know and so this is, you know, day three go by, day four. I'm still really sick and I'm still not eating. I'm not really sleeping anymore. I'm not doing nothing. I'm just laying there sick. And I remember day six came, came, came along and I'm at my sister's house and it's my older sister that has custody of my daughter. And, and uh, my younger sister just got off work and she came by to check it out on me and stuff. And I was like, and, and her boyfriend was gone but back to Africa for three months, just dealing with a house down there that he got left from his dad things like that. So we went to my younger sister's house just for the night, just to get away from, you know, just my, you know, just my daughter and just everyone I just wanted to be like by myself for the night. Cause I just wasn't feeling well that night at all. So I didn't just want to be around anyone. So my sister took me over there and, and that's when, that's when I, that God came in my life that night. Like I asked for it because it, it I was at the last like state of help. I, I, no one could help me, nobody at all. And as I'm sitting there at my sister's house, she, um, out on her couch in the living room, she's in the bedroom talking to one of her friends on the phone. I could hear them talking just like I could hear like everything. My senses were all messed up. And next thing you know, I just like, I just kept hearing like something in my head and someone talking, but it, and I was watching TV, but it wasn't like adding up. It wasn't the same thing as I was watching. Next thing you know, I, I hear like a voice in my head and it, and it was, it was like a scary voice and like in my ear and it, and, it, and I heard, I'm going to cast, I'm going to cast you straight to hell. That's what I heard. And that's when I panicked. I knew it wasn't the movie I was watching it had nothing to do with that. And I, that's like, I heard like, like, like a demonic force or demon, like saying, talking to me. And that's when I yelled for my sister, Nikki, Nikki. And she come runs, come running out. Cause she knew by my voice, there was a problem. And that's when I was like, Nikki, I'm in like severe torment right now. I don't know what's going on. I just heard like something trying to cast me to hell. And I was like, you need to call your friend. Because uh, she had a Christian friend, uh, Mike and Nadia, that go to Selwyn Church. And I was like, you need to call your friend. I need help right now. I need, I need God. I need like, I need prayer. And so it was 1130 at night. And I was thinking, I'm like, they're probably going to be up at this time. You know, it's, you know, they had probably to work the next day or whatever. And. It's 1130 at night. And so she messages them and they answer right away. It's like, they were like up. It's like, well, we, we don't know why we're, we're up right now. We like, we couldn't sleep tonight. Mm. And so then Nikki tells them what's going on. Like, yeah, my brother wanted me to reach out to you guys. Cause he's in severe torment right now. I told him a little bit what was going on. And they said, okay. Uh, 
so they didn't want to talk to me at first. They just want to talk to my sister or whatever. And, and next thing you know, then they brought the phone over to me because was, this was on the phone, on speakerphone when this happened. And so next thing you know, um, they start talking to me and they asked me, do you take Lord as your Lord? Or do you take Jesus as your Lord and savior? And I said, yeah, I do. And they said, do you believe that he uh, died for our sins and was risen three days later? And I said, yes, I do. So they said that. And next thing you know, they started praying for me. And, and as soon as um, Nadia said that you have the blood of Jesus on, on, on your head, like on your forehead, the blood of Jesus, that's when my eyes started flickering back and forth. My sister said, and said, oh, his eyes are flickering. And so my, I went back on the bed or on the couch and my eyes started flickering back and forth. And next thing you know, they, they just kept praying. It's like they knew what to do. They just kept praying and praying. And there was something, this rage that came over my whole body. It's just, just wild. There's like this rage. And it, it, next thing you know, they're praying and saying that like he belongs to Jesus now and like things like that, praying. And next thing you know, the, I, I started talking and it wasn't me. It was like this demonic force sort of talking, saying, and they said to them, uh, to Mike and Nadia, it's like, it's not going to work this time. That's, that's what I said. And they're like, yes, it is going to work. And, you know, they're like, like, say, like, like saying that. And next day I was, I was like, I was like a, a big growl comes out of like, I mean, like this is something that you would like, don't even see on movies, this growl, how like real this growl was. It was so loud. It came right in like a, just a huge growl. Like, and, uh, next thing you know, it, um, uh, um Next thing you know, after the big growl and they keep praying, praying, praying for me, I, I sat back on the bed and I sat up and next thing you know, my mouth opened wide, like as wide as it could. And next thing you know, I felt something like come out of my mouth. Mm. So weird. Like, like, you know, but like, it was just like something was coming out and Nikki's like, just kind of like me, um, mediating what was going on, you know, to, to Mike and Nadia. Cause they weren't there. They were just on the phone, on speakerphone, but they felt everything and knew what to do. Cause God just put it on them so powerful. And, uh, yeah, next thing you know, this thing comes out and next thing you know, my whole body goes back and I start convulsing. Like, and I mean like my, my stomach and everything is like jumping up, like as if I was like paralyzed or something. Like it was just like jumping, jumping. And my sister was trying to like hold my like chest down, like to hold me down. Cause like, it was like jumping, jumping. Next thing you know, I felt something come inside me, shoot inside my stomach, like, a, like, like on both sides, like something shoot in, in me. And that's when Mike said, don't worry, Nikki, it's the angels. They're repairing your brother. And that's when he's saying that I felt something inside my stomach and it was like working away inside my stomach like it almost felt like there, it was like, like chiseling away at something like in my stomach, like vibrations. And it was working itself all the way up my stomach, all the way up to my chest. And then, then I felt something on my heart and it went like something like went right around my heart. Like I felt like it was being like something was going around my heart and then in a good way, in a good way. And then like a brand went in my heart. And, and then all of a sudden, as soon as that brand went in, I sat up and I could breathe. I went <gasps> big gas of breath, tears coming down my face and everything. And I was, all I could say was, thank you. That's wow. the first thing that came to my mind was, thank you, thank you, thank you. Like, you know, and, and they just kept saying, wow, Joey, like you're free now. Like, like, wow, you're so powerful. And like all this stuff, like, it was just like, and it, I was set free. I just felt like I was reborn again for the first time in my life since I was little, like, you know, it just, it seemed like God just took all everything away, like all the anger, all the anxiety I had, all the like, 
the addiction, just everything just took it away and, and, and just made me reborn again. And I just felt like super fresh and I was just, Oh wow. I, you know, grabbed the Bible right away and just, you know, was like, kept it close. And I was like, wow, the power of God. Like, and I was just like, man, like I was just set free and it's just such a good, good feeling. And, you know, it was good. And, but it, the, the battle wasn't over yet though. Yeah. So this is, so what happened on day seven? So day seven now I felt so, so day six that night I felt amazed and I couldn't really sleep cause I was so, I was so, um, like awake and so like, um, wired, wired. Yeah. Wired for sound with the, with the Holy spirit and no longer feeling and sick. No, like, yeah. I wasn't feeling it, like I wasn't feeling like sick anymore. I was feeling like all this power. I started doing push ups right there on the spot. I wanted to like, <laughs> run around the city, like just run. And my sister's like, no, no, don't do that. Just relax. Just relax. Like you're going through a lot right now. Like, you know, and I just kept like doing push ups and just felt amazing. So that, so it, that night I barely slept just because I was so wired. And the next day now, um, it's like probably like, I want to say like 11 in the afternoon and I'm at my sister's house and, and it was just me and her there cause she didn't work that day. And I had like a little, like I'm laying on her, on her couch in the living room and I, I went like passed out a little bit. And next thing you know, I wake up and I'm in heaven and and I wake up and it's like, all I seen was like a bright light. And it's, it's like, I almost woke up on like the shore, like this, like, like a shore of the sea or something. Like, it's like, I was laying down and as, I, as I'm looking up, I see a couple of faces looking over me. Like, are you okay, buddy? Like, you know, like looking at me. And so like, I'm like, well, where am I? Where am I? And, but I, I knew it was glorious. It was just like, it was so warm, so bright. I couldn't even see. It was like blurry. And I remember looking down at my legs and to see what like, somehow I looked down my legs and there it's like I had a new body. It's like my legs were really white, like glow in the dark, like white, like kind of like rubbery legs. And I was wearing a, a green robe. I was wearing a green robe. And next thing you know, next thing you know, I see a bunch of people all, cause I, cause I kind of sit up and I see a bunch of people all around hundreds of people. And it's like, I, it's like I, I was like familiar with some of these people, but it's like, I couldn't recognize who they were cause it was so blurry, you know, but I knew that they were good people. Like I just knew it. So next thing you know, all of a sudden I see them kind of chit chattering, like, like kind of whispering to each other. Next thing you know, we look in this, like up in the sky and you see something appearing in the sky in the cloud. So next thing you know, to all the people that were there, they all turned to the cloud and they all have their right arm up and just in the air. And God showed up inside the cloud. And so I look and I put my arm up too. just, you know, everyone else is doing it. I put my arm up there like, and Next thing you know, a face comes out of the cloud, and I can see the eyes, the mouth. I can see little red uh, cheeks, like it almost looks like buttons, like red buttons, like on the, on his cheeks of the cloud. It was just like so, like so, like detailed, so amazing. And I, next thing you know, he brought me forth in front of everyone. Brought me forth, and next thing you know, it's like I was going around in circles with God. Next thing you know, I started speaking tongues, and when I was sleeping, my sister heard it all. I started speaking in tongues and I had a one-on-one like with, with God. Next thing you know, it's, it's like he lifted me up and I'm looking down. And so those hundreds of people I seen with their hands up, well, it's like now I'm higher. I can see the whole land. Now I see like millions of people with their hand up. Mm. Like, it's just like they were all over with their hand up, wow. the right hand of God. And next thing you know, they, I, I mean, God put me in a rainforest and I'm just running through the rainforest in my robe and there's other, 
kids like we're like 20 years old younger and we're all just running 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 and next thing you know i just woke up and i just yeah and my sisters they're looking at me like with a phone she caught the end of it like she was trying to record me like because she heard me speaking in tongues and put my arm up and everything like that right so yeah it was just a wild wild feeling that and that was on the on on day seven morning so later on that night on day seven you know, th- things are okay at, at first. I still feel good. And that night comes now. All of a sudden, something came over me again. And I just felt like worse than I did before. It's like I had like another attack. And uh, I sort of like, like, scr- like curled up in the corner. I started like saying, get out of my head. I was like saying, Lucifer, get out of my head and things like that. It's like I was having another demonic attack. And uh, next thing you know, my sister got scared this time. She actually, she ran out the door. Cause just cause I was like freaking out, screaming and stuff like, Oh, I wasn't like causing like any like damage or anything, but I was just like, it like screaming and scared her. So she runs out and next thing you know, she, she ran to the neighbors and she called the, she called my dad, which they called an ambulance. And I just remember I had like this, this attack before the ambulance got there and I was so confused. I just remember it's like something was like trying to take my life. Mm. Like I was on the floor just in this worst torment, just something was trying to take my life. And next thing you know, I just remember the ambulance grabbing me and I wouldn't want to leave. And my dad's like, no, please take my son. He needs help. So I ended up in the hospital in a, in a coma for three days because of it. I show up at the hospital and, and I'm just like, I guess I just started freaking out and stuff. And so they had to subdue me and, and like, um, next thing you know, I end up in, in, in a, in a coma for three months or sorry, <laughs> three months, three days. And, uh, yeah, I woke up out of it and I was like talking to the doctors and they just said, we have no words why you're here right now. Like you're a miracle. Like the amount of drugs that your family said you were doing and stuff, like you should not be here right now and and stuff. And and I just knew that like it was that, that it was God that, that protected me and stuff. And, and so when I'm like thinking about it, and I was reading the Bible and stuff because I had like a lot of things I was trying to put together. And I just remember in the Bible it said that, if you get if um if you if if you get a demon cast out of you that there's a chance that that demon could come back to the same place with seven more it's called tack of the seven yeah and it could come back with seven more stronger than itself and i felt that attack it was wild but i think when god fixed me and and he made me reborn again it's like he made me strong that day before that attack yeah. Like I said I was doing push-ups, wanted to run. It's like I was so strong. So it's like almost when we had that talk one-on-one, he was saying that you're going to have another attack. Like, this is what I think, saying that you're going to have another attack. You're going to be ready for it. <laughs> and just because I think of how it all went down, right? And, yeah, it was just it was so wild. But I end up getting out of the coma and with not a – just as soon as I got up to the coma, I got right up at a bed walking around. Like, I was fine. Like, I wasn't even hurt, like, or nothing. And uh, so I was in the hospital for a few days. I think I was in there for like, it was like almost two weeks, a week and a half. I think it was yeah. I think it was like ten days. I was in there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I just every day I got stronger and stronger, better, and 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 yeah, it's, I got sent home and just just a, just a new man. I just like felt like even when I was in the hospital that God was with me there, yeah, protecting me. I really like how you've said it a bunch of times in here. How you said "born again" because yeah. you know. I always grew up thinking born again was some kind of religious cultish thing, right? And I think it's a a really misunderstood Christian thing, but it really is. We were one way and Christ came in and you're reborn 
spiritually a new creation. And then in your case, not only spiritually, but physically healed by God's grace. So you come out of the hospital now and just, uh, and then what, what, what were the next few weeks or what what happened after that? So I get to the hospital and, you know, I'm getting my, getting my strength back every day, stronger and stronger. And, you know, I'm just reading the Bible and just, uh, you know, just looking up you know, just different things, different scriptures and, and, uh, different videos of Jesus and God, just, you know, just, just looking into it all and, and reading the, 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 the Bible and things like that. And next thing you know, uh, Nadia got me, um, got me together with, uh, Adam. So then, yeah, I started, that's when I seen you a few times and whatnot, uh, just started Adam kind of mentored me a little bit and, yeah, I just started doing uh, the the church church on Sundays, and and also we did some other meetings throughout the week and stuff too. And just you know, telling my story and just you know, getting out there and just staying strong and you know, just taking one day at a time. And yeah, you know, and it was uh, yeah, it was it was tough, you know. I and just, you got I, baptized. Yeah, I got baptized. You, you and Adam baptized me, and yeah, just you know just been going up, up, up since then, just all for the better, just for the better. And, and then, uh, yeah, I met, I met a girl online, some girl that I knew I was friends with for a few years and knew her from back in the day. She's a Christian girl and, and, uh, from a Christian family and stuff. And she's from Hamilton and yeah, we met. And next thing you know, she's just like, you know what, just come down to Hamilton and get, find a job down here and, and just get out of Peterborough. Like that's the best. And my family all thought it was the best good idea. And I thought it was too. And cause I never ever took a chance and just went and tried to start somewhere fresh, you know, yeah. starting fresh because as I'm being reborn, but now I got to take another chance of, you know, take a shot like outside of Peterborough. So I went to Hamilton at first I didn't have a job. And then, uh, for like the first, like two, three weeks, I was going to church there on Sundays at, at the revival center in Hamilton. And, uh, yeah, I, I met this, uh, Mark guy, Christian guy at church and he just, you know, he, he just, we started hitting it off talking and stuff. And I told him a little bit, but it would happen. And I'm trying to look for work right now. And he asked, well, what, what do you do? I said, well, I worked in the mold field, you know, I got my, um, certifications and stuff and I went to school for it and stuff, you know, I just, I got that in the back burner. It's like, well, that's good. And then he said, uh, he told me, he just said, listen, he goes, why don't you just go on your phone in the phone books and look for mold, um, companies up here in Hamilton and just give one a call and say, you're new to Hamilton and you know, you're looking for work. So it was weird. So I was like, yeah, you know what? Maybe I'll do that. So I go back to my house that day and I'm just sitting there. I'm like, well, am I really going to do this? Just call around, you know, just seem unreal. Well, I remember just calling a couple numbers and the phone wasn't working. It's like, oh, this number's not working. That's weird. It's like it wasn't going through. Then the third number I called now, it started ringing. So the guy answers, which is my boss now, and I, and I tell him, hey, I'm Joe. I'm new to Hamilton. Um, I got my certifications in uh, mold and mold inspection, mold, mold remediation, looking for work. And he's like, oh, really? He's like, we're actually looking for a guy right now. So boom, I got a job starting Monday morning at, you know, good paying job, you know, it's awesome in the thirties an hour. So, you know, good paying. And I was like, oh, I'm not doing minimum wage. <laughs> so yeah, it was like, God, like it, I know that it was God. Yeah. You know, providing it, for you. The, yeah. Providing. And yeah, I got a job and I've been there for a little, uh, yeah, about a year now full time. That's so good. There, yeah. So good. Yeah. 
Um, just to I'll just jump back again here, just because just because I was there and I know yep. how things went out. But after you came out of the hospital, you got baptized and yep. stuff, and yep. and your instinct inside was wanting to share. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And in that, in those few weeks, and you baptized some people, just share with about yep. that a bit. Yep. Yeah. I just uh, just going through the things I did, and it's it actually touched some like some family and friends I that knew me and stuff like that. That it actually brought some of my friends and family to get baptized and and to come to Jesus and things like that. So just just by even just me just switching or just me for me, you know. Um, becoming a Christian, it's like that just made people want to do something too with their lives. Like, you know, and so, yeah, like I said, like people have already came forward, uh, got baptized, came to Jesus and, uh, yeah, I just, you know. So who did you baptize after that? Uh, I baptized my sister and I baptized a friend of mine, Steve. Yeah. Yeah. And your niece. Oh, and my niece too. Yeah. And my niece. Yeah. And that was all on the same day. Yeah. It was, that was beautiful yeah yeah but yeah it just and it's brought my family closer together because from everything like yeah like it's just it just seems like god's working um with like with me and my family like so much now that's awesome yeah and so have you had have you had some opportunities to share your story in in hamilton or at the church you're attending Um, or so yeah so i uh the the church i was in i i told the the pastor patty that uh that runs the church there. I told her my story, told a few other guys. I didn't get a chance to get up in front and tell everyone, but I did have a one-on-one with some people at the church and stuff and told them a little bit about it. And, um, I started doing this alpha group with my girlfriend and her aunt and her aunt's friends through the church up there. Just, just on zoom. Yeah. What, uh, once a week. So I got to tell some people, you know, that was, that were on there and stuff. And yeah. And I, I told my testimony, um, with Adam um, at Selwyn Church yeah. on Zoom there too, a couple times. Yeah, so. It's an intense story, man. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, and it's so, it's intense, and it's like something that like, I've always like believed in that type of stuff, but like never thought I would see it, you know? Like, oh yeah, I've heard of that stuff like overseas or over here, you know, but I never thought that it's like right here in Peterborough it could happen to me or anyone, like anywhere. Yeah. So like, yeah, it was just like, yeah, it just made me think a, a little, like a lot different of the world, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing your story with us, yeah, man. No problem. Joe, um, if, you know, we, we, we know that when you come off a lot of drugs, especially when you're doing it for a long yeah. time, there's, there's like a big detox period or dope sick, depending on what you're using and yeah. stuff like that yeah. and can cause hallucinations yeah. and different things. Yeah. What what would you say to somebody who is in the lifestyle that you are that's wanting to come off and they're feeling they're going through this detox or being really sick, but everybody in the world is telling them, oh, what you're feeling is just in your head or it's just detox, if that makes sense. Yeah. What, what would you say to them to help them see the truth in Christ and what you found? I would just tell them, say, listen, there is a way out the light is brighter at the end of the tunnel that, you know, if you really want that change bad enough and you're willing to, you know, you're willing to, to, to go through like, um, the hardships of it and, 
and willing to take a chance of uh, bringing Jesus in your life and, and it, you know, him taking all that from you, why not do that? You know, I know for me, I had nowhere to turn. No one could help me through what I was going through. There was nobody that could help me. So when they're thinking that someone could help them, there's no one for except Jesus that can help you through that. So I just like to sit, tell them that, yeah, like, you know, that don't think that it's the end of the world, like that you're, that it, you're done for. Cause I thought that too, that, you, that there is help out there and, it's, and his name is Jesus. Come on. Yeah. That's so good. Thanks for sharing your story, Joe. Yeah, no problem. We just pray that that gives a lot of hope because there's a lot of addiction, not only in Peterborough, but all over the world. Yep. And it seems to get be getting worse. Yeah. But you're right, man. There's a way out. There's a way out, yeah. Thanks, brother. Appreciate your time, man. Yep, no problem. My pleasure. My friends, it's never too late there's always hope spoken from somebody who is in that crazy lifestyle 15 years in and out of jail all these things and the demonic is real but it's never too late we all have a choice because Jesus is pursuing us all Maybe you're standing at a corner in your life, as Joe was, left or right, freedom or torment. Joe turned right, and you should too. Thanks for listening, friends, and be blessed. He's real. He's real.